Hello, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about a social approach study, Milgram, investigating obedience. To start off, what is obedience? Obedience means to follow the orders of an authoritative figure. In other words, we say that you're being compliant to an authoritative figure. It's helpful to know the definition of blind obedience, which means following the harmful orders that goes against your morals without questioning. Basically, you blindly follow an authority figure's instruction. Scholars suggest that obedience can come in handy from an evolutionary perspective for the stability in society, which means most of the time, obedience can bring direction and survival, so you know what to do and you can avoid consequences. Now, let's start off with the study. This study was triggered by Holocaust because the genocide was a result of inhumane authoritative orders and mass obedience, meaning large number of people obeyed the orders of Hitler, which Milgram came out with a situational hypothesis saying anyone in the situation would do the same, no matter what group it was. Basically, he's telling that the results will be consistent throughout like nationalities and you know, different countries. There was also a dispositional hypothesis saying that there was something in the characters' personalities of the German soldiers that made them do that. Note that those hypotheses are for the proper study that Milgram planned while there was no hypothesis for this current study that we're focusing on because this was a pilot study. This means that Milgram was planning to conduct a proper study in Germany. So, a pilot study here is a preliminary study conducted on a small scale to test the feasibility, duration, cost, and so on to see if there's anything else to improve. So, a pilot study doesn't really examine the hypothesis. So, what was the aim of this pilot study? It was to investigate whether people will show blind obedience when given orders by an authority figure. Then what were the samples? There were 40 male participants with mixed occupations ranging from teachers to salesmen and mixed educational levels too ranging from low primary level to high PhD doctorate and uh, university graduate whatever you may think of. They were aged 20 to 50 years old, all from USA, New Haven, and also from the surrounding area of New Haven. And they were recruited by voluntary sampling method through an advertisement on a newspaper. With the false aim of the study stated as testing the effects of punishment and learning. They were also paid $4 as a reward for participating and 50 cents for car fares to drive to the prestigious Yale University, which was where the pilot study was conducted. How were the groups divided then? There were real participants recruited through volunteer sampling, studios, and an experimenter divided into three groups. The real participants group who picked their roles as a teacher from a staged random wink wink drawing lot had the electric shock administrator in front of them while they didn't know the administrator functioned and were deceived by being told the false aim, which was also stated in the newspaper advertisement to investigate the effects of punishment on teaching and learning. The Such was a 47-year-old accountant who was deliberately friendly and pleasant and was randomly, wink wink, picked as a learner. The learner couldn't hear the teacher and also didn't actually get shocked. We'll discover this further in the study. 
And this was also a method of deceiving the participants and the stooge acted friendly towards the participants so that the participants wouldn't intentionally hurt stooge with bad feelings towards him. Lastly, there was an experimenter which consisted of a 31-year-old high school educator which is, uh, his role was to prompt the teacher, aka participants, to continue teaching and administering shock, showing impassive manners, not showing emotions to look stern, while being dressed in a grey technician's coat to seem like an authoritative figure who knows more than the participants. He had to seem like he knew what the situation was exactly compared to the participants, like he would know more than the participants. Moving on to the procedure aspect, the research method was a controlled observation which means subjects were observed and their, behavior, their behaviors were recorded in a lab setting where variables were manipulated. There was no experimental design because IV wasn't really an IV. What this means is that usually in an experimental design, there are two or more levels of IV. However, in Milgram's obedience pilot study, there was just one IV, the level of authority. And also, there was no random allocation of the samples. Therefore, this pilot study didn't involve an experimental design. The IV was the amount of prods given by the 31 years old high school educator experimenter and the DV was the degree of obedience, meaning how much voltage from 15 volts to 400 volts did the participants administer. In this case, there were two types of subjects. One was the defiant subject, those who refused to shock after a certain point, and the other one being an obedient subject, which was who shocked until the end, meaning 450 volts. How did Milgram proceed with the experiment? First off, the participants were paid $4 plus the 50 cents car fare for simply coming to the laboratory. Then they were deceived by being told that this was a study on the effect of punishment on learning which would justify the administration of electric shock by the naive subjects and disguise the true aim of the experiment to reduce the mount characteristics. After that, participants drew lots. Random, random lots, which we all know that it was rigged, meaning that the real participants were always the teacher and the stooge was always the learner. Real participants were taken into a separate room where in front of them, the learner or the stooge was strapped into a chair. The real participants were told several things. To begin with, they were explained that the strap was used to prevent any excessive movement while being shocked. Then they told the participants that the electrode was attached to a shock generator and the learner's wrist with paste to avoid blistering and they were also told that a shock would be painful but not cause any permanent damage and before the experiment began the real participants were given a sample shock of 45 volts to kind of briefly understand how it feels like to be shocked by the way, remember that the participants had to shock the stooge? Okay, so what did it look like? First of all, there was an instrumental panel consisting of 30 levers or switches, you might say, ranging from 15 volts to 450 volts, which means for each switch, it increased by 15 volts. The shock generator also had descriptions for each shock, for example, like intense shock or something like danger, severe shock. 
there was a psychological reason that Milgram sneakily put in a 15 volts interval because 15 volts wouldn't seem like a huge increment. Therefore, the participants would be more likely to increase the voltage each time they got the answer wrong. Additionally, it had all the buzzes and clicks so that they will believe in the authenticity of the shock generator. The participants also had to practice reading the words and giving the shocks in order to administer it smoothly. This was to encourage less time to think, meaning less time to reflect on what they're actually doing right now. What was scary for me was that the participants had to announce the shock they were giving. This is scary because it reminds subjects of increasing intensity of shocks administered by them to the learner, right? Anyways, after all that briefing to deceive participants, they were given a paired associate learning task where the teacher would read a series of word pairs to the learner and then read the first word of the pair along with four terms. The learner had to indicate which of the four terms had originally been paired with the first word. For example, the word pair would be tree and flower. The teacher would ask what comes of the tree. Then the learner would be given option A, cat, option B, mice, option C, orange, for example, option D, flower. The learner had to remember that flower came after tree. In this study, the learner was to give a predetermined set of responses to the word pair test based on a schedule of approximately three wrong answers to one correct answer in all conditions. Again, a staged act. Also, the three wrong answers meant that the participants would keep on increasing the voltage because they have to increase the shock every time the learner got the answer wrong. So, when the shock reached 300 volts, the stooge was ordered to pound on the wall, which can be heard from the subject. And beyond 300 volts, there was no focal response or other sign of protest heard from the learner, which means they won't answer anything. Oh, well, remember there are 150 volts left. Yes, 300 volts, then 450 volts, so there's 150 volts left. Yep, so the teacher was supposed to treat the silence as a wrong answer. And from 315 volts onwards, they would keep on administering shocks. And what's more cruel was that if participants didn't want to do it, they were given prods by the experimenter, speaking in a firm tone, but not impolite, with different level of intensity. First level of prod was, please continue or please go on. Very polite, right? The second level of prod was, the experiment requires that you continue. Wow, a little mild there. And the third level prod was, it is absolutely essential that you continue. Hmm. Getting a little spicy there. And lastly was, you have no other choice. You must go on. Rather passive aggressive sounding. Here you might ask, what if the participants asked about the learner's condition? Yup, Milgram even prepared a statement for that which were, although the shocks may be painful, there is no permanent tissue damage. And followed by different levels of prods, there were also an another one where the experiment would respond by saying, whether the learner likes it or not, you must go on until he has learned all the words paired, word pairs correctly, which was again followed by the prods. After the experiment, there was a debrief interview with the participants using open-ended questions. The debrief contained a positive reconciliation stating that the procedures were undertaken to assure that the subject would leave the lab in a state of, state of well-being. 
The participants were asked how painful to the learner were the last few shocks that you administered to him with a 14-point scale, 14 being extremely painful and 1 being not at all. This question was to ask the participants so that they could understand what they were actually doing and if they rated it low, it could have meant that they couldn't believe what they were doing. Unsurprisingly, the mode was 14 and the mean was 13.42. Also remember that this was a controlled observation. The controls here were the ratio of shocks and the stooge was always the learner and all participants were light too and had to administer shocks while doing the paired associate learning task and the standardized, the standardized prods following the resistance in the participants. Finally, with all the procedures must come a result. The quantitative results were that 65% of all the participants gave 450 volts shocks. All participants gave at least 300 volts shocks, showing the blind obedience despite such tension and stress, which was contrasting the postgraduate's prediction that only 1% would go to the furthest. Even Milgram predicted 2%. The qualitative results recorded by the experimenter was that many subjects showed signs of nervousness such as sweating, trembling, biting their lips, which showed that they were really stressed and regular occurrence of nervous laughing fits from 35% of the participants and three participants with uncontrollable seizures, which one of them was so bad that it needed to Overall, we could say that this experiment showed the high level of obedience shown across all the participants which suggests that anybody would have behaved the same if they are put in a similar situation. For the 35% who refused, we could say that it's an individual characteristics, maybe a strong ethical philosophy they have or you know, whatever you may think. There are further explanations and elaborations to this study but we'll stop here thanks for listening and stay tuned for more revision resources peace out